Welcome back to another kind of funny reaction, this time to the finale of season one of Amazon's Invincible. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. I forgot what show we were doing. I forgot to change my colors. <laughs> the new face of video games. Blessing. Adioye. Uh, you can just call me the Invincible Clairvoyant for now on because I know exactly what's going on in this show. Every episode, I this make a prediction. Kid, the next this episode kid happens. is reading ahead, trying to look cool. Yeah, We've seen it definitely. once. We've seen it twice. Oh man, I just I just know, man. I know how to read these authors. Stories. The big dog, Kevin Koala. Whoa, season two, season three. All right, confirmed. Yeah, if you didn't know, both seasons two and three have been confirmed today as of recording this, uh, which is extremely, extremely exciting news. Isn't that right, producer slash seducer Nick Scarpino? It's very exciting, and I'm glad that they decided to just let the cat out of the bag, especially timing it with this final episode, I think, is, is very, very hype, and that was smart for them. Absolutely. What do you think, Greg Miller? That fucking subway scene. That was good. God, fuck. That was intense. Damn it, what an Bloody. episode we have on our hands here. Let's start with you, Greg. What'd you think? I thought it was awesome. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I still, it's something we've talked about, like, I think uh, week in, week out to some extent, but how great the episodes have been and how well they've translated the comic book. And I think, you know, again, as I talked about in episode one's reactions, or I guess episode one, two, and three's reactions, uh, you know, getting to see the reaction of Jen watching this, not knowing the story, not knowing what's going on is so cool. And so to have it last night be, you know, when we smashed through uh, the it, Chicago and then went into the ground and he held him up so when she went, oh, my God. And, brr, 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 and the I mean, the per, I, I think the voice acting we talk about every episode being great. I think uh, Stephen is so good as Mark th th this episode portraying that the disappointment and the heartbreak and the betrayal of Mark, you know, dealing with the fact Nolan isn't who he thought he was. And like, God damn, just what an episode. Andy, what do you think? Yeah, amazing. Especially setting the ground floor, uh, you know, get, get preparing season two and showing you what's to come at the end yeah. was awesome. Uh, you felt the heartbreak there. I, uh, the whole sort of reason for why I wish was a little bit more. Um, I guess I felt kind of, um, I, I wish it was something that maybe Nolan found out during his life on earth as opposed to just I've been lying the whole time. Um, so that kind of like that kind of bummed me out and that I wish it was a more creative reason. Like maybe he knew that somebody was going to take the Guardians. All that aside, that's just kind of like what I would have hoped for. But I I love the episode. I, I thought the performances were amazing. The the animation switches showing Nolan and his anger and then sort of feeling the regret and feeling the sadness God damn the, that all that sequence was fantastic and seeing just the bloody pulp of of Mark lying there on the ground just absolutely heartbreaking seeing the heartbreak and hearing the heartbreak in Mark's voice when he talks about his mom being just a pet just like fucking devastating um I thought I thought this episode was really damn really damn good and it's just kind of the perfect way to end a season 1 in this way cuz we don't know what Nolan's going to go do uh blessing does he read the book already yeah, I know the whole story, man. Let me tell you, he's up so, there. He's in space. He's um, he's opening up a restaurant. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow, wow. He was like, "Fuck it's, this shit." Leave you know, I'm behind. Go after a new venture. Yeah, it's hot dogs. <laughs> I've got a passion Plus, for burgers and hot dogs. Plus, what's your take on it? 
I really like this episode. I I, th- I like this episode as much as I liked the previous episode, and the previous previous episode was my favorite episode. And so I think these two episodes back to back have both been been bangers. I think the biggest task for this episode for me was probably them selling me on what what Nolan's motives are and why he he's had this flip. And it took me a little bit to get there. I'm a little bit with Andy where I wish. Or I, I would have expected the the twist to be something more creative. I think Andy, I forget if you made the prediction on air or off air, where you're like, yeah, I could see it. Maybe he realized that there being superheroes on Earth are, was the thing that was bringing in supervillains. And if uh, once Andy mentioned that, I was like, shit, man. Yeah, that would be a really creative way to do it. But it ended up being the thing that I expected, which is it's a Dragon Ball Z-like thing of, nah, man, this planet just sends out people to conquer worlds. And uh, it's as simple as that. And so for him to have spent, for Nolan to have spent 17 years on this planet, they really needed to sell me on the fact that he's been faking this whole time or like he's been just biding his time. And by the time you get to the flashback with him at the baseball game and you get that emotional connection, him him being cold the whole time, but it being the thing of like, oh, he's just, he's just a cold dude. And once he actually had that moment of watching Mark uh, get that home run and having that uh, emotional connection and then that leading to him flashing back forward, him being like, peace out. I got to go, I guess, deal with some shit, I'm I guess. goosebumps already thinking about it. Yeah, like I think... It it was kind of, it was a big task for them to sell me on that, and by the time we got there, I did I was sold. I did believe it. And again, like with that, with the amount of violence, with the amount of blood, with just like how this this episode, like the last half of the last episode was the one was the um, the part of the episode where they were leading up to Nolan and trying to stop him and all this shit. And this feels like the second the first half of this episode feels yeah. like the second half of that episode, and. They, I, I think they handled it so well. Like it was so violent and so good. Nick, oh man, I love this episode. Um, this was my favorite part of. I, I mean, I remember distinctly reading the comic books, and up until this part, not being sold. And to me, it's funny because uh, looking back on how they set everything up, like obviously the bigger twist was that at the end of episode one, where Nolan kills um, the other heroes, you're like, what the hell is going on? But to me, this was the moment where I was like. Oh, shit. They're really committing to Superman being a bad guy. They're really committing to this world where all of a sudden this kid's going to be left, you know, to have to pick up the pieces, not only of his family, but of having to take up the mantle of being the Earth's you know, mightiest defender. Um, and I, and I, I just think in the, in the books, I was like, I just remember finishing that being like, holy shit, like this is different. This is such a cool and and wild take on sort of the superhero uh, journey. Um I, I really liked those. I think a couple criticisms of the episode. I didn't love the ballpark scene. I didn't think they nailed that emotional connection. I didn't think they needed to go that far and show me a scene of him being like, I don't like any of this. I can be out saving worlds. And then the kid hits a double and he's like, oh, now I, I love my kid. Uh, whatever. It's because in the park home runs and fucking when you're that age, it, it was it a double, count. it was on, a double, but right. a lot of errors. There was a yeah, lot, a of, lot errors. of errors going on. It there. would have been a double had these fielders have fucking held a yeah. glove. First off, right? you go back and rewatch it. He got all of it, all right? It was out of the park. I don't know how this kid got it back, let alone had it and almost tagged him a second. Good like, there's a bunch of bullshit. That kid needs um, to move up on the, on the depth chart. But I did like, but I, I mean, so, but I did feel the turn, right? I did feel that moment where he's bashing Mark's face in and he's got, they even drew him like a little bit more like, more exaggerated and like spread out and like uh, feral. But um, overall, I think the episode was amazing. And I think, you know, the idea, like they got it across that he was conflicted enough for me to feel that it was earned. And, yeah, and I good. think Debbie's monologue over that whole portion was really that 
the thing that sold it for me where if it was just baseball i wouldn't have given a shit but i, I just feel like I, it, I think debbie's connecting it to humanity was really good yeah me. i just feel like again I, I feel like the show is i didn't i feel like it wasn't needed right and obviously i come to the to the material having already kind of context for what nolan's arc kind of looks like um so maybe it's not fair to, to judge it 100 percent, but i didn't need that i just needed to see that one moment where he's teaching him how to fly and that would have been enough for me to be like you got to be a fucking monster unless some of that came got in and they did have that. And then eventually it went to that montage where he was like, you got your powers and he's throwing the thing up and he's teaching him how to fly and they're celebrating all these things. And I, that that's when I felt it. But the baseball scene that I thought was a little heavy handed. Kev. I absolutely loved it. I thought it, it's interesting watching it play out like this in motion. Like, man, it is whew. like they went all out with the violence thought it was amazing it kind of made me respect debbie even more because it's just like that flashback scene it was like it hit the way it was supposed to uh but like i also that was the first time that i've actually thought about the fact that like oh shit like the reason why he's good is is like or the reason why there was any potential for him to stick around was purely debbie you know and like how she like taught him to be a human yeah, and yeah. we heard her say something about that earlier, like uh, what was it mid season, where she was like, "I taught you how to like save people," and when I, at them at the kitchen table, right when yeah. like he, Nolan's kind of saying like that small potatoes to Mark, yeah, yeah, and it's it's so like it, it's so cool to see something through a different medium and get more out of it, or not mm. more, but get something different. So it's like I'm so happy that it's here. Um, other than that, I think, who was it? Damn, what's the name of his girlfriend? Amber, Amber. sucks. Amber. I hate Amber. <laughs> I don't understand how anyone... What did she do this episode? She's great. She, she takes back. him back now? Oh, 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 you're all upset. Because she understands, because Stupid. now he, this is he bigger knows than the he relationship. Feels. This is bigger He's, than the relationship. Always, it was He's always that. Deceived. Now he needs to be beaten half to death by his dad or like 90% yes. Before it, it was all Ridiculous. fun and games. There's like yes. 900 <laughs> superheroes. Everybody's out there just having a good time. Dumb. They don't even know. They can't even tell you. See how easy it was for Adam Eve to be like, oh, by the way, I'm Adam Eve. That took two seconds. No sacrifice. Yeah, but then everyone was like, oh. Kevin, I was expecting Amber to be watching the news and seeing the seeing this whole about Invincible and be like, whatever, and change the channel. Like, this <laughs> right? Sucks, That's how they dude. set her up. Sucks, dude. It is. I mean, I, I, I think that that the Amber turn, I, I I don't I don't remember that being in the books. Was that in the books, Craig? No, she she never she was she's kind of hit, a much smaller hit, character. In the, yeah, in, in the, books, the right? secret identity getting hit in revealed fixed everything. It didn't. Yeah, maybe right. I should read the book. Jesus. Well, I mean, um, blessing Daddy can lend you some copies. I'm sure. So yeah, I, I mean, I liked that she sort of was like, oh, I like this is. I mean, I, I found that moment. I like that moment. I like when she came back. It was like, fuck, like have i have a different perspective on this now you have a different perspective like we're it was like to me like one of those grown-up well, your moments life's you're really like, oh. hard it's hard for you to balance all these things <sighs> get out of here get out of here amber get out of here, kevin go get ahead get 
Kevin, you're you have a cold, dead heart, and I respect it. I absolutely loved this entire season, but this episode, like, it did the impossible to me, which is just kind of wrapping everything up in a season finale that was somehow better than last week's episode. Like, mm-hmm. the entire season built so many elements of all the different storylines and plot lines coming together to to mean more than any individual one. And last night's episode that we watched was absolute, or whatever the day is. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely uh, is the pinnacle to me of what the show can be, which is just delivering on all the setup. Like we love setup. We love payoff. And this was the payoff of this entire season while equally setting up so many more exciting things that thank God we're getting a season two and three for uh, the, the, the moments and like beats that we've talked about this entire season of kind of being the, Oh cool. We're getting the Iron Man moment and the Avengers moment and the, this, like all of the MCU stuff, but just in one season, like this, these last two episodes very much kind of felt like the infinity war Endgame uh, of the show. And this is just season one, but somehow they built up to that properly introduced us and specifically Andy and bless to a whole new cast of characters. So many characters and we're able to kill off a bunch of them and not kill others to make all of it matter in a way that we give a shit and we really care. And it shows the world in a way that we care similar to how WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier have uh, made us care about a post blip world. Like after the fight, it felt like not just another superhero fight in a season full of superheroes fighting in cities and things being destroyed. This felt different. This felt like it had world shattering potential to uh, change how people are going to live you know for a long time to come and the last 10 15 minutes of this episode really kind of sat with that for a while and and i liked that i thought that that was a a really really smart call and in addition to that the first 30 minutes of this episode reminded me of the end game final fight where i was like oh my god they're giving us exactly what we want and the scale of this is insane like we've seen so many dragon ball z type things superman type fights whatever I've never seen anything like this. And there was like three or four moments in the fight between Omni-Man and Invincible that I was like, wow, the subway thing being one of them, right? But even just him going, like the amount of locations and set pieces they had of multiple mountains being uh, went through, the going through the cruise ship into the water, it felt like every set piece from a Fast and Furious movie, but just condensed down into this perfectly paced uh, 15 minute, 30 minute, whatever fight that wasn't just interesting for the fight, but it's interesting for the characters and the conversations they're having. And that's always when superhero movies or TV shows or comics are at their best, which is when the action and dialogue and all that stuff is working together so that every punch means just as much as every word, right? Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is Invincible, like, really, really firing on all cylinders. And and this, uh, I am utterly impressed by this. I have the entire season, but this finale really kind of cements this as one of my favorite this season of this show is one of my favorite things, period. Nick, I mean, that's the, that's the thing you're calling it a fight, right? But that's what I think they nailed most. It wasn't a fight. It was a one-handed ass whooping. It was <laughs> they nailed. And this is this is this speaks volumes to how good this this show is and the, and the quality of storytelling. I know how this ends and I'm still terrified for Mark. I'm like, he can't win this fucking fight there is no way there's nothing he's going to pull out where he's just going to punch harder it's just not going to happen and 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 guy i mean going into that and and being like can they give me that sense of dread 
can it be that I always go back to when I was a kid watching Terminator for the first time and being like, this thing can't be stopped. There's nothing more terrifying than something that just doesn't stop. It will never stop. And Nolan was that in this. And I think they absolutely just I think they I think they nailed that across the board. Yeah, I, I think, think totally. they, did a, they did a good job, too, of like combining that ex- exact aspect of Terminator slash Superman, the, in- the unstoppability of it with, I think, a lot of the elements that make something like Dragon Ball Z great because the first half of this episode really was it was the one handed or the one one sided ass whooping. But it was that while maintaining this element of dialogue and storytelling and and world building and Nolan, Nolan and Mark both developing their characters through fighting like it, it, it had that same power scaling where you watch Dragon Ball Z and you see basically mm-hmm. two characters flying all over the place and going to the different locations and, you know, Frieza kicking Krillin's ass or whatever the thing is. But at the same time, you have those moments where they stop and Nolan's like, all right, now think about it, man, like. 17 years Ugh. do you know how like do you, that is a spec in your life is 17 years right think about it and like you're gonna outlive the, these people you're gonna outlive these people you're gonna outlive generations of these people right like by the by the time you're 500 the world's gonna be different like the the way in which they develop that while maintaining the action and maintaining in a spec spectacular level of action i think is very, very much feels like it is this mixture of dc and dragon ball z which is a thing that i never thought i'd see and then that wonderful last line where he's like, you're not going to have any of these people left in your life in a thousand years. He's like, but I'd still have you. Yeah. Oh my, God. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. So with the tear, with the tear, with the tear coming with the down. With the tear coming out amongst all the blood. And you God just damn. see it hit yeah. Nolan where he's like, fuck, he's right. And I this, tell, I've been fighting for the wrong thing this entire time. I'm, one thing I'm loyal I could tell thing. in that final sequence was um, whenever we were sort of, we learned that the really great fight scenes are animated by the A team of that studio. And I could tell that this was the A team based on a lot of the, I don't have, I can't confirm it, but it seems like it was the same A team that worked on that really awesome fight scene at the end of season of episode one, based on the amount of emoting the characters are doing. Like the amount of, like I never saw Nolan's face transform that much in terms of like eyebrows being furrowed and his mouth looking like super pissed off. Also, what's up with all the mustaches on Viltrum? What's going on with that? That's oh, they ever explained it. I don't think they ever explained it. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's funny. I love it. Yeah, I, I feel it. like um, I th- if I'm if I'm not mistaken, a blessing you read the source Michelle, you can back me up on this. I think they <laughs> a long time ago they saw an old episode of Magnum PI and were just like, "That's it, that's the fucking look." That's exactly. That's right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Can't confirm. Yeah. Am I the only person that thinks that Greg should grow the mustache back out? Because he's got the Nolan hair now, where it's like oh, a little yeah. peppered. The gray on the just side. give it to us, Greg. There it is. There it is. I mean, I'm gladly us. give it to you. Don't worry about that, Nick. I'll give you just you, you want if you want to do some uh, Viltrum uh, cosplay around this place. We're all doing oh my god, can we all do it? Can we all for November all just cut the we will do it yeah do we'll it. do it but i can't, I can't grow Kevin, yeah, so Kevin, so you, you get to be adam eve you could be monster no, girl <laughs> one of the things uh, i want to call out is something tim mentioned mentioned it briefly but then we went with is that i love how they paced this where you know this whole you know invincible is going to be a, se- a, a te- at least one season of television there was this conversation we'd have on camera and off of like okay cool how do they do it and where do they stop and when do you do the turn and yada 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 i really liked how they let this breathe like the comic book did and that the first half of the episode was the fight it was the moment and then as tim was talking about right the second half of it was the aftermath of that and it was not only you know mark obviously healing but how it's changed for cecil how it's changed for deb how all the different dynamics have changed for everybody let alone the world which i love that line you know when 
when uh, Mark doesn't want to talk about it anymore. And Willem's like, well, it's kind of all anyone's talking about. <laughs> like, everything has just changed. But okay, we can go out for a burger and try not to talk about it. And then to have it get back to Alan, right? And, it inter- and again, introduce the Global Federation of Planets and what's going on out there and that they're trying to take on the Viltrumites. And then, you know, right. then, yeah, the amazing montage to set up all, just as a reminder, here are all the threads we've given you from this first season that show Earth is in peril already, let alone what is coming. And then to have it be the, yeah. Yeah, high school, Andy I guess. Finally got, Andy finally got his little aliens back. Yeah. yeah. I got the little, got the little of... Martian stuff taken over. I mean, yeah, all these little payoffs, fantastic, dude. It's, I mean, they're not really payoffs, right? But they're but just teases, letting you know, hey, we haven't teases, forgotten. Yeah. I, we know you haven't forgotten shit happening. Yeah. Yeah, well, God, the show man. teaches you it matters. Everything yeah. matters. Every 100%. single thing matters. And that's why, uh, while I agree, thing. while I agree with uh, Andy <laughs> and, and Bless about the, you know, the, the twist or the, you know, reveal of why he did it is kind of like, all right, that's, as basic as you can possibly get. I don't think that that is really, to me, it's, I don't see it as a criticism because they deal so well with, okay, that's the answer, but what do they do with it? And having the whole fight and having the the scene of like, I'd still have you and it turning him and him flying into space, the way that they deal with it, even this just this one episode of him flying away, Cecil gets the warning that someone's coming. And was that not scary as fuck? Uh, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, again, I like Nick it. was saying, we know it's happened, like what's happening, but... It's still like, oh shit. And then well, Lesson told me Alan. I was Alan the alien. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Lesson is so good. Yeah, sorry. So I had to text good. him. I was like, wait a minute. chapter scene. Just don't worry. It's not going to be Nolan. <laughs> This episode of the Kind of Funny Podcast is brought to you by HBO Max. Can you believe it's been a whole 10 years since we first stepped foot in Westeros? Yes, Game of Thrones is 10 years old. But even more bonkers is that it's been 26 years since Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and Raiden threw down and competed to save the world. Yeah, Mortal Kombat is old enough to rent a car. Why am I talking about both? Well, if you love Game of Thrones and action-slash-fantasy-slash-adventure, you're going to want to see Mortal Kombat in theaters and on the streaming service screen right now baby april 23rd sub-zero hunts down cole young an mma fighter dude what would you do if sub-zero was on the hunt for you i'd 100 percent freeze up <laughs> yeah you got it no no that's a lie i would finish him uh ladies and gentlemen if you didn't know uh mortal Kombat, game of thrones it's all happening right now and you can go get it on hbo max uh, i use hbo max all the time uh, actually in the post show over on patreon we're talking about a whole bunch of hbo max stuff but i digress and won't do that now but let's get back to mortal Kombat. will there be fatalities Find out in the explosive new cinematic film, Mortal Kombat, inspired by the blockbuster video game franchise in theaters and on HBO Max for a limited time. Sign up for HBO Max at hbom.ax slash kfmb, or just click the link in the description if you want to watch and go do that, and you sign up and you watch Mortal Kombat. I'll read it again for you. hbom.ax slash kfmb, or just on YouTube. Go to click and link. You're in a car right now. You weren't going to remember the URL anyway. Just go to youtube.com slash kind of funny. And then you look at the, you click on the video and then you click on the link and it's done. Right, Kevin? Yep. There's a couple, <laughs> um, a couple moments I wanted to point out with when, when he was monologuing, right? We were talking about, well, I, we're not actually a good planet. We're a planet that was like warring. And then we went out and spread and conquered the empire. empire. And there's a moment where you see Alan's people like dead. Which, I, which hit me. And then there's a couple other moments, and I won't spoil it, but there's a couple of the moments where you see some other characters pop up, and you're just, I just am reminded by how amazing season two is going to be because of that. I, I guess, I guess my, my reasoning for that is I feel like, um, it, for that being the reason, I would have liked a bit more conflict leading up to 
any of this. And it just seems like in the whole time, I, I, I guess you need that in order to see why Mark is so heartbroken by it. You need to see like, wow, you didn't even think twice about doing this shit. Like, you don't give a shit about mom. You don't care about anybody on this planet. So I guess you do need that. But for, you know, for Nolan to be there for all that time to be like, yeah, I'm just here to fucking wipe this place out and take it over. Like, that's it's not like it's not super well, satisfying for me but i i totally agree with you though Tim, yeah. that like that the it kind of needs to be that way and then they sort of explain everything else go ahead Tim. yeah and, and then real quick i have the same kind of idea about the the criticism of the baseball scene that i think we're all on the same page that it was like a little cringy and it's just like okay i know exactly nah, where man, you're going with it this. works for me but <laughs> but it you think it did work it definitely worked and i think that it, it works in the most bizarre way where, again, when people make things that is good, you kind of just trust what they're doing. So even as it's happening, when Debbie's talking, you're like, who the fuck would ever talk this way? And it's like, oh, somebody trying to teach someone how to be human. And it's just like in this one specific context, it works perfectly because that's exactly what this needed to be. And then it also has that added thing of him with the two uh, teeth not grown in whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and then cutting to him being beat up and bloody followed beautifully up with the, the scene of like, I'd still have you, whatever. All that stuff was was just so so damn good. Totally lost track of the the point I was trying to make. But you know I mean, what? It's all good. That's what bless is uh, for. Off of Andy's point though, like the I I had the same thing, and it was it wasn't until he mentioned the lifespan and like seven seventeen years to him, it probably yeah, does feel been, like yeah one year or like a you know like a, a like a few months to him. Like it's a blip in his existence, and so for him, he's like coming through, chilling, doing espionage or whatever, or getting yeah. like get, get, getting a lay of the land, and then boom gonna fucking destroy the place but i do remember now real quick i have a question cheese you know i have a question for you guys uh because uh it's been a while since i've read it and even just watching this it's been a couple weeks now so i I, i'm a little hazy on things why did he wait until then to attack the gardens of globe it was it was mark becoming a superhero yeah yeah yeah, he wanted mark to have his power so they could do it together if not he would have just thought i assume he would have let them live their lives and then attacked like in 100 years that's what I always mm-hmm. assumed. So, uh, and oh. no future spoilers, obviously, but why Why didn't he just come and fuck everybody up to begin with? Because he had a week in the plan. He had to make sure, like, do, do you like espionage, do his recon, yeah. and be like, who's... Because cool. if, yeah. if there was someone that could beat him, he needed to know that so they could get, you know, reinforcements. That was though. my yeah. immediate... Plus, he talks about... Because he would have he he gotten murked by the Guardians, I would have bet, like, if he didn't know, like, who they were and understand them. And it was also the idea, right, that he talks about it in the episode briefly in one of the montages, right? Of like, as they did this and they cut the population in half, they, they needed, and they started expanding. They, their forces got spread so thin that they needed a new way to take over planets. And so the way is to infiltrate, earn their trust that it won't be as big of a fight. Then also repopulate, get, get other Viltrums in there because everybody's so low. So if you can, Make a spawn that has the powers, right? Which, as he points out, like with human, it's a great bond of like, you know, the DNA. He's basically a full blood Viltrumite because of it. You can come in then, and like that was his whole thing is the hope would be that he would, Mark would understand the plan, and then two of them would be unstoppable. Also, when he, when he he described his plan, his plan was basically the same as Thanos. That was terrifying. (laughs) He's like, I'm I'm already like, Thanos is terrifying. And so when you have Superman and he's Thanos, I'm like, fuck, man. I know. I, I think they did a slightly better job in the books, though, telling this part of the story. I think just because it happens faster, so you don't really have a lot of time to think like. Because I think we spent so much time with Nolan, where you do start thinking like, when are you gonna, when are you gonna pull the trigger on this whole grand plan sort of thing, right? Like, why, what are you waiting for? 
but I also think they did a better job of kind of like showing he was more conflicted than than got got across here. Because for for like I don't know I, I don't know maybe I'm misremembering or, or or romanticizing the the read, but I remember this being such a big like what the fuck moment. And I think they telegraphed it a lot more going into that. that yeah, show. I think, you know, as we've watched, you know, like Blessing make his predictions and stuff on the show, like I, I would be with you, Nick, that, yeah, I think it was more out of the blue. What the fuck? And then it was such a like, I think we took it more at face value the first time around, because like the beauty of how the comic tackled it was using the same imagery and uh, dialogue. Maybe the dialogue in the show, but it was very much of, you know, there's a, an early on where Nolan sits Mark down and explains that he's an alien. I'm a Viltrumite, you're a Viltrumite, or you know, from Viltrum, and it's time that you know where you're from or whatever. And he has this scene of him holding his hand, and then it's these panels explaining it, and then it's Mark going cool. And then like for this one of like it's the same thing of we need to talk. I need to tell you where you're really from, and then it's very much the same panels, but rather than everything being all hunky dory, obviously it's, it's Viltrumites tearing people apart and tearing each other apart. And I felt like that did such a better job of being like as you know because i feel like we kind of as as the reader of the comic and it's been a long time too since it was my first time but as a reader of the comic i felt more like we were debbie when debbie finds out the information mm -hmm. in the show and debbie is very much like there has to be a good reason yeah. right that kind of that was kind of the vibe of in the comic of like whoa he did all this buddy superman and this is you're taking it at face value and, and then yeah you know you go so quickly into i need to tell you where you're really from uh, and that's I, um, why it really worked for me with this is that it's different from the comics in the sense that I think that those choices of lessening the um, the shock and the reveal uh, worked in two ways. One, it, it's no longer 2003 and like we've seen so many other stories come and go that like it is a little easier to predict where this is going to go. But more than that, this was in service of Debbie's character. Debbie is so much more fleshed out in, in the show and it's because she was able to be the one to kind of like be investigating and, and then call it out and be like, I know that something's wrong here because I know this man so well. And I just think that like, it, it didn't lessen the impact of the moment of, you know, Mark saying, I still have you because now all of a sudden it's just, we just care about these characters in this family more than I did in the comic. I thought um, Greg's going to the source material right there. Look at that. Look at the pro, look at the pro move here on pro Greg. Work. Well, yeah, the pro move. If you know, I don't know if you caught it before. All the other books started tumbling over because I don't have real bookends yet. I'm just. <laughs> like, oh, it. I thought the beginning deal. of the episode was going to have a bit more invincible, not knowing whose side he was on, uh, and so I, I, I love. I'm that happy didn't... that they. I'm happy they went with this way with him just saying, "Here's what it is," and his son being like, "Dad, that's fucked up." What I thought was it was going to be Nolan being like, dude, we're in trouble. We got to get the fuck out. of I thought Nolan was going to kind of, you know, trick him and try to confuse him and make him be like, dad, what are we doing? Why are we fighting these people? They're against us, Mark. They want to come after us. Like, I thought there would be a little more lying into it as nah, opposed he to just need to, bro. the full story. Yeah. He, can't, he knows he can't get beat. And he does the thing with the hand where he just starts lopping people's heads well, off, which yeah. is the most like, terrifying it, oh thing God. anyone could do. That it's, not the getting, it's not the getting beat thing for me. <laughs> it's, it's more of just a you're he's my son and like i want to have him with me sort of thing but yeah. then i didn't realize how fucking heartless the dude was yeah to me that there was what was like, most terrifying about it this, was he was just like nope here's how it is and the you're wife with I've me been with forever i've just never really given a shit about any any of you like honestly it's like damn does that's yeah. hardcore the, one of the big criticisms i still have is i i don't think they handled the robot rudy storyline that rudy. well like to cap out the the season yeah you know, like last episode i was a, i was a bit confused or not even confused i was kind of like i want more context for this i want a little bit more out of it because you've been building up to this 
And I was hoping we get a little bit more of that maybe this episode, and we got none. And so now that we're now that we've finished season one, I'm still like, all right, well, what was all that robot Rudy stuff all about? Because this is still. I know we. I guess we got to where we we're going, but it's it feels like it's still in a weird place. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think that's indicative of it having to be a show too, right? Where you, we do have to have the soap opera where you're developing multiple characters because I remember that distinctively happening way later in the books, but I could be wrong. Mm. No, no, you're right. We've talked yeah. about that before. Um, yeah, also, I think we were wrong last week. I think we said it was Jason Matukas doing Rudy as well. Yeah, but he doesn't sound totally like him at all. Totally, totally different actor. <laughs> we were totally wrong. Yeah, you know <laughs> I looked it up. Andy. I forgot. I forget the guy's name, but it's not Andy. Shut up. I, I want to say that yeah. shout outs to the scene where Nolan starts or when they start fighting and Invincible's like starts hitting him and he's like, Dad, something's wrong. Like you're yeah, yeah, yeah. brainwashed. And it's like, God, it's so. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. So, so tough. And, and also the first really fucked up scene where he uh, like uh, was Invincible catches. Yeah. Fuck. Well, no, Invincible catches the pilot and Nolan just comes oh, yeah. down and squeezes his oh, head so and gross. pops it oh my god that wasn't that wasn't nearly as for the for to me and we've seen a lot of gore in this we'll get to the subway sequence we've talked about a little bit we should talk about that but the thing that was most terrifying that's happened in all of these episodes what happened last episode where he just squeezes the dude's fucking kidneys where the guy's like it was like the yeah, second yeah, cecil's yeah. second in command he's about to blow up the house and he just goes he just grabs him by the fucking haunches of his back and i'm like that is so fucking mean that's a horrible thing to do to someone <laughs> <sighs> the power you showed me hey bro be cool like just lop his head off like i just do the thing you make a lot of people's heads that's off, the mean just... thing to do since do to somebody in the show well at least that's like you're dead but like grabbing like paralyzing someone as they're standing up with your two fucking hands and then just watching oh, them slowly die in front of you as to like get off on it kind of that kind of just threw me a little bit i had a nightmare about that bro everyone's getting off on this show okay yeah, read the subtext the JK, power of the show to me is really kind of just trusting in his viewers and just being like, no, no, no. Like, you understand superheroes and we're going all in and we're going to keep adding stuff and we're going to expect you to keep up. And because of that, it allows them to have violence that doesn't just feel like violence for violence sake. Mm -hmm. It feels like they're building something in its power levels and all this stuff. But yeah. that also allows for us to kind of have a lot of conclusions to this season while setting up amazing things. And a moment that I, I will treasure forever was sitting next to Gia watching the show for the first time and towards the end of it when Cecil and Mar Mark walk into the white room and it flips it. It's just like other stuff. They start going through the backstory and stuff. She gasped. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, it's awesome cool. that it's like very creative. It, it, that was awesome. it just cool. feels like the world is now a universe. You know, it's like it just becomes so much bigger. And even the scene of Mark talking to, to Alan in space and Mark just kind of being like, wow, you know, I guess my problems for as bad as they are there's even bigger things out there and it's like holy crap like how do you get bigger than this almost cataclysmic event on earth and it's just so great They're but going he's also like he's like what are you gonna do now he goes well finish high school and then we get that one beautiful seth seth uh rogan rogan yeah beat where he's like great what's high school honestly to tim's point it feels like you're it feels like we're going straight from avengers to then like the guardians of the galaxy show up on earth right after that new york mm -hmm. event and then mm -hmm. everybody's like wait what the fuck who are you guys and the world just got mm -hmm. way bigger it feels like that even just well, explaining and, the tech of you know drinking tap water on earth makes you makes it so that right? you can't Not see, see live frequencies and it's such a so quick funny. explanation and you just get it it just cool. makes sense that that, that they it. have the tech for that because cecil and his crew just have you know access to whatever the hell they want uh that was really awesome but yeah the 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 train sequence was fucking brutal because i he's holding him up to the train and i go that's not gonna kill him who gives a shit and then you go oh <laughs> this yeah. is why he's 
this is why he's gonna do this and then the slow-mo shot of the person flying out the window and you're like fuck this is gonna be awful dude yeah (laughs) and it is terrible (laughs) it is awful all of the violence was so like insanely intense and it's so powerful the way he's like look i can use you as a weapon to just utterly decimate the world and when he like the first time he punches him for reals and like I mean, he must he must have traveled like a thousand miles, right? Where yeah. he did the spinning thing, and they're like, "We're trying to follow him," you. and he just Tonight. right through that. Yeah, building. Yeah, because they were in a wasteland before, and somehow they got to Chicago. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> now there is like so they there was a moment where I was, no, no amazing. Someone's a comedian. Yeah. There was a moment where like they they had like CG people. Instead of like the animated one, yeah. it was like that's really jarring and really weird. It was right as he like crashes and they cut into the yeah, crowd. Yeah, as they're running away. It re- yeah, reminds it, me of, weird... it reminded me of Ruby. Uh, it looked watching just Ruby. like Ruby. Yeah, the, like the the way that the characters were animated. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's just like a stock kind of animation that you just throw the throw on that rig or whatever. And when I said Cleveland, I kind of wanted to say the what do you, where do you hate Greg? What do you hate? Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Kansas sure. That's right. <laughs> where yeah. do you hate? I just wanted, like, what's a wasteland sort of city, you know? Oh, Kansas for sure is a wasteland state. state Don't worry yeah. about that. I mean, anywhere with, with in that, Illinois, really, between the cities is a wasteland. Uh, I want to... Damn, Decatur, wanna Decatur gonna have something up. to say to you. <laughs> Decatur smells bad. <laughs> I that's a, wrap that's this like up. the worst thing you could say about a city. It's like a city smells bad. It does, though. With Greg, Decatur smells from Decatur. bad, all right? Cindy Crawford's from there, but DeKalb smells bad. I might be thinking of Danville, one of them. Sorry, Tim, I'm so sorry. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I want to wrap this up with Greg Miller's final pitch on Invincible season one and the comics. Should people read the comics after this? 100%. I think, you know, I think we're, we've all had such a great conversation uh, throughout this and, you know, what with Andy and Blessing being in the, the only ones in the dark. And I think as you've seen the excitement and interest from Kevin, Nick, Tim, and myself, uh, I've never sat there and be like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Oh, I'm rolling my eyes kind of thing, right? I was surprised, obviously, when I got to moments that didn't happen uh, or changed or, you know, the Amber stuff, you know, that they made her actually better than the comics. Uh, the fact they were able to do that, a huge Herculean undertake, and I can't believe they pulled it off, Kevin. Uh, but no, I would say definitely go read, right? Like support comics, support comic book shops, local comic book shops, and I don't think it's going to ruin anything for you. And again, I can't wait for season two and three of Invincible we're going to be waiting a bit like animation is difficult and takes time. So it's not like these are coming tomorrow. I bet they announced both of them so that there isn't as big a gap between two and three, but I imagine there's going to be a gap between one and two here. Till next time. Love you guys. Goodbye. Amber sucks. <laughs>